Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Hey, welcome to Friday's edition of Real Presence Live. My Hi. name is Karen Gibis, and I am here with Becky Barrett. Woohoo! Good morning, Becky. Good morning. Well, I have a special message that I need to read to some of our long-term supporters of Real Presence Radio. Our good friends, Stephen and Rose Philippi from Dickinson, Mm -hmm. celebrated their 75th wedding anniversary yesterday on August 19th. Awesome. So we here at Real Presence Radio would like to wish them the best and extend a warm thanks for their prayerful and financial support over many, many years. Happy anniversary. Wow, 75. Yes, Yes, that's pretty big. I'm like pushing on 21, and that was an accomplishment. 75 would be, wow. Well, good job, Stephen and Rose. And I would just like also say that their children are also uh, phenomenal supporters of Real Presence Radio and always, you know, are stepping up to answer the call to help us succeed in our mission. So congratulations to that whole family on the 75th anniversary of Stephen and Rose from Dickinson. Well, we need to pray. We do. They have decided to do here at Real Presence Live a novena to St. Monica. And St. Monica, as I'm sure all of you know, it was the mother of St. Augustine. So she um, was very instrumental in her her son's conversion and, and uh, his ultimate... Um, joining of not only the Catholic Church, but taking it to the next level and becoming a doctor of the church. Like, you know, who does it? Let's like, you know, hey, I'm just going to become a Catholic. But no, let's let's be a doctor of the church and let's do awesome things. And let's inspire the church every decade, every century after that. So that's so. And that is all from the prayer of St. Monica. So let's today we are going to pray the novena, the day two of the novena. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today we pray for those who are baptized Catholic, but were not blessed with families to guide them to spiritual maturity. May the Holy Spirit guide them back to our Catholic family. Exemplary mother of the great Augustine, you perversely perverted your wayward son, not with wild threats, but with prayerful cries to heaven. Intercede for all mothers in our day, so that they may learn to draw their children to God. Teach us to remain close to all God's children, even the prodigal sons and daughters who have sadly gone astray. Dear St. Monica, troubled wife and mother, many sorrows pierced your heart during your lifetime, yet you never despaired or lost faith. With confidence, persistence, and profound faith, you prayed daily for the conversion of your beloved husband, Patricius, and your beloved son, Augustine. Grant me that same fortitude, patience, and trust in the Lord. Intercede for me, dear St. Monica, that God may favorably hear my plea for those for whom I am praying. Grant me the grace to accept his will in all things, through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Monica, pray pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Becky, we are live here today on Friday, August 20th at the Chancery. Can we say we're here at the new Chancery building, or has that been overspent yet? I don't know. It's only been a year. Okay, we're still new. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's new. We're starting to get into the finely broke-in stages of the chancery. Slowly. There's still nothing on the walls, but we'll get there. You'll get there. I see Behind I see the bishops, all the pictures of the bishops. And this actually leads in quite well to introducing our guest and moving into the the heart of the interview today. Right. It does. Uh, We have Kathy Cordes, the diocesan archivist, here with us this morning. Hello. And um, <laughs> thank you, Kathy, for joining <laughs> us this morning. <laughs> thank you. Um, and she's here to tell us a little bit about the, the history of the diocese, some of the bishops. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that uh, this diocese has undergone a lot of changes. So, uh, Kathy, why don't you start by, by telling us a little bit about how we got our start as a diocese. Sure. What we're going to talk about today is a very, very brief historical timeline of the Diocese of Rapid City and even before that. Um, first, I have to give a huge shout out to the Jesuits and all those on the reservation and the earliest priests and the Benedictines and all the orders who came. We're not going to talk about those today. That is a totally different interview and their history is exhaustive and wonderful. So that's a different radio show, but we're going to cover the basics today of the historical timeline. Um, back in um, back in the early days, before we were, were even the states of North and South Dakota, we were called the Dakota Vicariate, the Dakota Territory. And that... Um, help me here. <laughs> okay, sorry. That... Um, um, was with Bishop Martin Marty. He was he was named the Vicariate of Dakota Territory in 1879, and his sea city that he chose was Yankton. And oddly enough, Yankton was a very important city in the Dakota Territory at that time, due to the hunting and the trading and the trapping and the fishing of that kind of thing. So that's where Bishop Martin Marty, who's coming from Minneapolis. Um, came to us as our first first bishop over. Then in 1889, he changed his seat to Sioux Falls because of the transportation issues. Um, the railroad came in, and it was just easier to come from east to western South Dakota by railroad. But we were not um, a state yet until 1889 when President Harrison divided us into two Dakotas. That's when we became North and South Dakota. Then, 10 days later, Pope Leo the 13th 
names Marty the Bishop of Sioux Falls, and we were one diocese. All of South Dakota? All of South Dakota was one diocese in 1889 with Bishop Martin Marty. Um, and at that time, um, he became, that's in 1888 is when the Benedictine nuns and the right, other ones right. came in, which is another great story up in Sturgis and that where they had their house. Um, he became um, then Bishop Martin Marty, and then we came to, in 1902, we were divided into two Two Eastern South Dakota, Western South Dakota were divided into two dioceses. That's when we, we became the Diocese of Rapid City. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, the Diocese of Lead. <laughs> we were the Diocese of Lead in 1902. So, so we started right. in Yankton, then Correct. we went to Sioux, Sioux Falls, Falls, and then we went to Lead. Correct. Okay. Then, and then we're actually in, in the Lead, um, we became. Sorry, here. <laughs> um, There's a lot of facts to remember. It is a lot of facts. And, you know, um, there was a huge population in Lead when we became the Diocese of Lead. And with the uh, gold mining coming in and all that, so Bishop John Lawler then became uh, the next di the Bishop of Lead. So we've actually had three bishops in Lead, which is pretty impressive for that short amount of time. Um, Bishop Lawler came, and he was actually here for 31 years. He is our longest presiding wow. bishop. So um, he was pretty amazing on, on the things that he started in our diocese um, with that. When he came, um, there were missionary priests. He went to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and all over trying to bring people here to... Um, help our priests because we were so few, kind of like the issues they have today. And um, one of the quotes in his stories are that he made South Dakota sound like God's country, <laughs> that it was that everybody <laughs> wanted to come here, you know, um, but he would wink at them, you know, when he would say God's country, but they'd come here and they'd stay. So our priests were from all over the place, <laughs> um, even internationally, um, from Pennsylvania, all we've had all of priests everywhere. Um, come in. And then we had um, the circuit rider priests, as he called them, who he called it a missionary style where they would travel all over. They would travel to Kennel or Winter and, um, and have mass with a grouping of people that yeah. it would be known that all of a sudden the priest is coming on his horse and buggy or, you know, and, and so the word would spread and they would all gather in one place and then they would have mass. So the the story was that whatever day that missionary or um, circuit rider priest came, that that was Sunday. So if he came on a Tuesday, that was, that was Sunday, Sunday because yeah. that's when they were going to do mass. And that makes sense, right? Right for all these people. But and they would do that in people's houses or people's houses or wherever they could. Sometimes in the tents, you see them outside. Sometimes oh, sure. gathering, you know, with this missionary priest in the horse and buggy. And a couple of the circuit riding priests that we do have pictures of, which are very, very impressive, Father Henry Klein and his horse, which Gianna named for us, Mary and Bluebell. So we love that horse team. Char Father 
actually became Monsignor Verning, his team of horses, Pat and Tom, up in the meadow area, Buffalo up there yeah. area. And then, of course, I have to mention our catechist, Nicholas Black Elk. Right. His horse was named Baloney. So, and I guess he had quite a sense of humor. <laughs> so that's another story, you know, that, <laughs> that uh, maybe Father Joe Dows could tell some stories of Black Elk and his horse, Baloney. So, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So when, when the diocese became the diocese of Leed, did they have a cathedral in Leed? Yes. That is our first cathedral. We have th- three cathedrals in our throughout our history. The first cathedral is in Leed, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and that was established like with the diocese in 1902. Um, and it's not there today, right? Or is it still there? St. Pat- Patrick's Church is still there. But the, yes. so, but is that the original building? Or is it part of the original Or is it building? part of the that? Original. I am not sure of. I'm not from uh, we, Lee Dead with we'll that. Have we'll to have to find that out. Who's we'll the priest up so. there? Father Leo. Leo. There we go. Yes. Yes. We're so gonna, there, there's your story. There's your next, there's there's my your next, next Friday. I'm just curious yes. because yes. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew we had we were the Diocese of Lee, but I did not realize that they, they had built a cathedral up there. So that's pretty That pretty is our neat. first cathedral, St. Patrick's Cathedral in Lee. And then they just had to go and move it. <laughs> then in 1930, we moved it to, to uh, we moved the Holy See to Rapid City. I think mainly because of transportation issues again. It was just easier for yeah. Bishop Lawler to, to travel everywhere by train instead of horse and horse and buggy in that. So, so some so. of these circuit riders, did they all travel by horse and buggy? Or were some of them able to take advantage of some of these railways? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I have not seen stories of that, but I, I would imagine a lot was um, mm-hmm. on foot, you know. So what they call windshield t- time today is a right. lot of, you know, travel by foot or horse and buggy, horseback. So Yeah, that's really fascinating. Now, the diocese lines were as they are today, right? When they were established, it hasn't moved at all from the day it was established? We're still Western South Dakota, so that part has not changed. But we keep we change our parish system. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that, how it came from a mission system to a parish system. Okay. So that and those lines do change. Those lines do change, right? Mm-hmm. I, and so it pro- it follows the river, then, right? Correct. That diocese for any, anyone who is listening and not familiar with South Dakota, the diocese lines follows the Missouri River up. And then, of course, eastern South Dakota is under the uh, guidance of Bishop DeGrude right, right. now in, in Sioux Falls. So they only moved once. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look at them. Right, I, I, right. They I'd went like from to say, to Sioux Falls. I'd like to say they're underachievers, but I think maybe they're just smarter. Right. <laughs> you never Work know. smarter, not so harder. harder. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more with Kathy about the early... Rapid City Diocese history and get some stories, some more detailed stories about uh, what went on as we were establishing ourselves here in Western South Dakota. So stay tuned with us here and Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Kibas along with Becky Barrett, and we are here at the Rapid City Diocese Chancery, the new and undecorated... Undecorated, (laughs) yes. Rapid City chancery building it was a beautiful building i'm so glad you guys were able to come together under one roof as a staff and what a blessing to the diocese to have us as parishioners or us as members of the diocese be able to come to one location and find all of you instead of all three (laughs) right that was entertaining go this way no you have to drive outside of town you came to the wrong wrong building (laughs) well we are having a great discussion about the rapid city diocese history so we yes. should, I, I am fascinated. I, I mean, I really am liking the whole idea of the horses and the circuit riders right. and, and that the moving of cathedrals. I mean, obviously we built a new one. We didn't actually pick the cathedral up and move it, but you know. Right. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Especially With all these then. horses pulling <laughs> this giant stone building. From Lead to Rapid City. I mean, I might dream about that tonight. Right? <laughs> I think yeah, that would be amazing. Um, so Kathy was uh, mentioned uh, Bishop Lawler being here for 31 years, you said. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the pieces that she has in her archives is this amazing vision of the diocese. Uh, it's from Catholic Extension. Uh, it's dated April of 1923. Wow. Um, and it's written by John Lawler, we're assuming. We don't know, but... Um, It's got this, uh, she talked about the priest being mission style um, and how he wanted to change, not the priests, I'm sorry, the parishes. 
um, and how they wanted to change that. Would you tell us a little more about this? Right. Um, Reverend Lawler, it's written by, it says by Lawler, so we're assuming. Um, He's passing of the mission system. When he came, the priests were at a mission system. Like I mentioned, they would travel and then gather the people in a home or wherever they could establish a mass to be. What he envisioned and what he dreamt of and what he installed actually was called the parish system much like we have today, where his quote, and it's a beautiful quote, he says, wherever mass must be celebrated for the accommodation of even a small number of people, God should have his own house. So he built a church wherever he could gather, you know, such as Kennel, Winter, you know, much like we have today. So God should have his own house. I love that, where, you know, the... It's not really downplaying the idea that they go to the people, but it's more saying, let's set aside a a building, an area, a house for our Lord. So our people can come to his house all the time, much like our adoration. Um, And I just love that, that back then, even in 1923, the vision was God should have his own house in each of us. So love that quote for him. Um, so he, um, there are pictures from these churches in places that you've all probably never even heard of, even mm-hmm. if you've lived here your whole life. I mean, Marcus, um, I actually know where Marcus oh, is. Oh, see, there yeah. you go. <laughs> my, my grandma grew up in Marcus. Right. Oh, there was a parish there. I have a photo for you right, right. here. <laughs> the right. one, the one town you pick is probably the only one I know. <laughs> right. Um, what else we got here? We've got Herrick, um, Clearfield. Dewey, Clearfield, exactly. Elder, South Dakota, the church at Elder. Fair point. Dewey. Yeah. So there are several. And and as you were mentioning, think of the building, the architecture in 1923. Um, the architecture is wonderful, and they're wonderfully built, and and that moves us into the to the next cathedral, which if you've seen that on the corner of 5th Street out here in Rapid, Immaculate Conception, it's called now, that architecture is beautiful. Yes. And that was called St. Mary's Cathedral mm-hmm. back in 1930. So that is our second cathedral. So, um, but the, if you've ever been in there, the architecture, the altar, the Everything is just beautiful for back then, very, how they built that. Very impressive. That's where my husband and I got married. Oh, sure. Nice. So, not when it was St. Mary's Cathedral, no. but... <laughs> well, according to my children, I could have oh, been. Yeah. Well, then you look so, great for I me look, in that. I right. look great for my right. age. For your right. age, yes. Yeah, and that building is now listed on the National Register of Historical Sites, so it is a historical building. Phenomenal um, stained glass windows. Everything and they. So was that building there when they moved it, or was it built to move the sea? They built that, and um, speculation is that St. Mary's was in a different location. That they eventually built the cathedral and moved the cathedral around the corner. But oh. I've never seen pictures or actually mm. heard a story about St. Mary's being moved. So, mm-hmm. but I've seen some reports and things that it was actually moved when Cathedral High School was behind it. Yeah. In okay. a, in like a white annex. Sure. So, um so I'm always as a, as the archivist always looking for pictures and stories of our history and um people that have gone to school there or you know. Right. And right there at the, they had like kind of a campus there. Right. Right. And so there so, was other things that were part of the cathedral campus not right. just what right. we see today, right. which the, is there just was a monastery on the corner, which is now um, belongs to School of Mines, and then um, the old CSS building that they tore down um, a while ago was part of the Cathedral High School. Yeah, that kind of thing. 
monastery. So that was our second cathedral. And then in 1959, when Bishop McCarty came on board to us, he announced that he would like a new beautiful cathedral for the whole diocese. He started in 1950 with his building fund and took him a qu- quite a while in the diocese to raise the funds for our new cathedral, which is Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Um, they, and then, so that was the first mass was celebrated by McCarty in 1962. It was dedicated in 63. We have wonderful pictures of Bishop mm-hmm. McCarty um, waving and just, he, he was a big man, large, tall, um, but waving and the smiles are just wonderful. The Knights of Columbus are decorated mm-hmm. in their full regalia. So beautiful, beautiful pictures of the dedication. So if anyone, if you have not been either to the Immaculate Conception Church or to Our Lady of Perpetual Law here in Rapid City, the, mm-hmm. con- the difference in the size, the capacity to hold people, there, oh. there was a need for the diocese to have a bigger cathedral to Correct. house its people. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes sense that he saw that need and then started to act upon it. Right. He saw that need and his goal was to fit a thousand people in that and back then that's a lot of people that come so um, I'm not sure what their seating capacity is now but I know there's a building uh, fund going on to expand that up there exciting things happening at the cathedral their 60 years is coming up soon so that's exciting for the cathedral. So when did they change the name of St. Mary then to ICC when they dedicated the new church? Correct. Correct. So Right, that would have been, um, that became Immaculate Conception Parish with the Latin rite mm-hmm. um, when the new cathedral was dedicated. It is a parish of the cathedral now for nowadays, but is staffed by the priest from... The Fraternity of St. Peter. Peter. Thank you. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. St. Father Bartholomew is wonderful. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I know he would be willing to give anyone a, yes. a tour of, yes. of, of the Immaculate Conception Church. We are quite proud of that, of the architecture and the stained glass yes. windows. Right. It's, it's a very beautiful church. So, do you have any final, like, what is anything you want to share with our listeners that maybe will entice them to want to check out the Rapid City Diocese history or to check you, you out on Facebook as you guys post the throwback Thursday things. Right. Like you said, we always do a Thursday, throwback Thursday. We did uh, Father J.P. Trask yesterday, which yes. was a hit yes. and was yes. so fun. <laughs> I couldn't, which one is he? He is the one in his father's arms, the little, that's the, the little one I one. guess. See, I did not guess <laughs> I guess him. that was him, but I, I know them ask. in the lineup and I'm right. like, that's right. not Mix far enough up, down. You can't pick. So, that's always fun when we like to deal with our priests and say, you yeah. know, in their early days, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Father Trask, for letting us have fun. <laughs> Yes, that. Thank you. So, um, and as Bishop Grew said at their 50th anniversary, he said, and I quote, this cathedral is more than a building where people gather for worship for 50 years. This cathedral is where we see and experience the love of God made present. So it's just a beautiful building. It's very reverent. Just just go in and sit and soak up the graces there. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And if people run across in in their family history books or some type of, uh, the, you know, file that mm-hmm. grandma had. Yep. right. You know, because those do exist. We they always could are, even prove her moving theory. Right. 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 So how can they get in contact with you if they have information that could assist the Rapid City Diocese They history? can always look us up on the diocese website. Um, my email is on there, or they can send it to Becky Barrett or give us a call at 3 
343-3541. I'm always willing to look at history and artifacts. And and even and, just shoot us a note on Facebook. Right, correct. Because yeah. she will get those mm-hmm. messages. Yes. Yeah, that's great. I love the idea of preserving our history because it's it's one of those things where if you don't preserve it, but when it's fresh in your mind, the details get messed up. Right. Right? They, they get not necessarily intentionally um, distraught, but, right. you know, changed yeah. or whatever. But you just mess it up because even you sit there and go, well, Grandma had this and Grandma went to church here. And then you find out, well, no, actually, Grandma didn't go to Marcus. She went to Plainview. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. See? Right? Yeah. See? <laughs> or in the case of St. Mary's, the church is on the corner. No, it actually wasn't. It was behind on another street. Right. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. So if there's some details like that, I think it's important that, you know, we need to share it with the, not just hold those details in within our family, but share them with the, the greater, um, the, the greater world, I guess, you know, because there's people outside of our diocese, right. especially when you're talking about the nuns coming in. And I know you mm-hmm. said that's a different discussion mm-hmm. and a beautiful discussion. Right. I've done research on St. Martin's in Sturgis, named after Bishop, um, what the Marty. first Bishop, Marty, yep. right? And so he, that his patron saint that he, he was instrumental in, in, uh, keeping that patron saint of, of him going on. But you know, even those things that we want to, outside of the diocese, promote this because it's history not just of our diocese but of the Catholic Church. Correct. And it shows where we came. And if without these pioneers, without these circuit writers, without these bishops making parish, you know, the idea of every every area needs a, God, a home for God. Mm-hmm. Right. Where would we be today right. in our diocese? We wouldn't have this beautiful Catholic Church spread throughout our entire Western South Dakota. And for future generations. We want to leave this for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, because especially, you know, we could, we're making up horse names, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it would always be better to have the actual horse right. names. Right. So like right. baloney for Nicholas yes. Black. Yes. Right. <laughs> Just a little more authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. Bluebell is lovely. But... Bluebell is lovely. And it's a beautiful name. And, and thank you so much. It, it is Bring Your Daughter to Work Day today. So my daughter Gianna is joining me today and put to work right off the bat. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for taking time this morning to share with us some details. Anytime that you want to get back on again and share another history lesson with us, I know our listeners would be more than willing to learn. And I hope that the other dioceses will do something similar and get on and and share their history of their particular diocese. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Would be great. Well, Becky. Yes. First half hour, gone just like that. Poof. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk with Jacques Daniel about an opportunity to learn more about our Catholic faith here in the Rapid City Diocese. It's a Rapid City Diocese theme today. It so, is. Which is okay. We got to, you know, shout out where love needs. We're here. We're here. Oh, so stay tuned with us here on Real Presence Live. We will be back after this break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 